0: eric i assume you already opened the drink this time
1: yes i did i've yeah. given up on the uh <laughs> on the tap thing so i'll let you do your intro we're, we're <laughs> all right
0: we're we're back from our our one week break from uh halloween we did not do a podcast on halloween day because uh there are too many too many little children knocking on the door and you would have heard it oh. on the podcast so
1: and you would have heard my dogs go absolutely mental because it was literally like torturing their minds
0: there was a lot of kids this time around i mean we had we had rain over here uh maybe like 7 p.m 8 p.m after that um but we ran out of candy at this house we
1: did we ran out of candy at 8 p.m
0: oh my god so it was
1: literally like when there was a lull i was like quick shut off the lights (laughs) and then we went upstairs and watched uh watched a movie in that big bonus room
0: Oh yeah, up yeah. There,
1: nice. Right. So yeah, it was yeah, kind yeah. Of, it's kind of it's kinda neat we can hide. We can go hide
2: yeah. somewhere.
0: <laughs> no, it sort of sucked because like there the last wave before we ran out, there was like four kids. I'm like, I only have one more bag of chips. Sorry, the rest of you kids don't get anything. <laughs>
1: just throw it on the lawn and <laughs> let fight for it. Uh
0: anyways, uh yeah, we're we're a weekly music podcast where we just, you know. I think we talk about music. Try not to uh, say anything incorrect, but, you know, shit happens. (laughs) Um, Oh, Eric, what's your drink of choice for today?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, My drink of choice today is from a brewing company outside of Souk, which is on Vancouver Island here. Souk Oceanside Brewing, or SOB, which I thought when I first saw the label, a bitch, but it wasn't. Uh, But this is Stuck in the Mud, stuck in the mud and it's a coffee porter um and uh, i have to say it tastes like you're drinking coffee which is which is nice um not a lot of i find when you get (laughs) that it kind of gets drowned out a bit but uh like it it even smells like like coffee with like a vanilla a hint of vanilla in it it's it's delicious
0: very nice that does sound
1: good as those of you who know me and who have listened to this podcast, I'm excited about these next months coming up because it's all dark beers <laughs> from here on out because that is the season. I could drink dark beers every year, to, or all day long, Fair throughout nice. all the year, but but it's more frowned upon to drink them, or <laughs> it's it's more acceptable to drink them during these time of years when it's mm-hmm. cold. Something about, I don't know why, but.
0: Just seems like it. Um. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's let's kick into it. Uh, what have you been listening to this past? I guess two weeks, uh, week and a half ish.
1: So this time I stepped up my game because I've been pretty much lacking in this in this category. Uh, so uh I checked out Sloan's new album, the Canadian oh. band Sloan. Yes. Uh, you know what? It's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, uh, it's it's called Steady. Uh, and I have to say, there's some good songs on here. I was actually. Pleasantly surprised because I like Sloan when they, you know, when they're coming out, they're like a typical Canadian rock band. um But but I was very impressed with this album. I think it's because I went with such low expectations. <laughs> um, that's that's
0: so bad because uh, we actually had that album on our short list, but uh, because we don't oh. have we don't have enough episodes left in in the year, we mm-hmm. had to kick that one out.
2: Mm.
1: Well, I'd highly recommend giving it a listen. It's it's pretty good. Like I would say, like if I had to rate it now, it would be a solid seven out of ten. Oh, okay. So, Very nice. uh, pretty decent. Uh, John Bonamassa, g- blues guitar player. Uh, he comes out with like four albums a year, <laughs> and it's it's uh, so he has a song or uh, his album "Road to Redemption." Uh, the al- that's what the album's called. Uh, I think it's great. It's a typical. Uh, you know, uh, Joe Bonamassa. It's a shorter album. It's only six songs this time. But uh, I still think his uh, high-T one is my favorite. Um, Royalty, I think it's called. That that album, nothing can beat that album in my mind. Um, And then uh, the Desi Trucks Band actually came out with the full version of that four-piece album, the the I Am The Mm -hmm. Moon, uh, at the different phases of the moon. It's literally like just like what does it clock in at two hours and 11 minutes of just pure jamming <laughs> uh so uh, i've recommended the other uh parts of the album but now they actually have the full full thing now out. Uh, there's nothing new to it it was just nice listening to a front and back uh which is kind of neat highly recommend it won't spend too much time on that and then Weezer came out with uh, I know before I they came out with their uh, spring, spring and summer yeah. album, yeah. so they came out with their autumn album pretty recently, and I have to say out of the three so far, this is definitely their best one. Oh, there's a there's okay. a bit more progressive rock in there, uh, which is kind of neat to see because I feel like they're such a capable band mm-hmm. of doing doing that stuff, but they they kind of hide behind they're almost like their image a bit, but I like they're capable and you can tell definitely from the album, their talent. So I highly recommend autumn. If you're planning on listening to one out of the three so far. So
0: I'm uh, I'll listen to all four of them. Once, once winter is released, I want to see what that whole experience is like. It's pretty, Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty ambitious to, to have four albums sort of running the same theme it it is
1: it's interesting because i find with this album it, it took more of like a darker theme cuz like autumn like like so spring for instance they have a song on there uh, kind of one of the songs i i don't remember what it's called but they're talking about how covid like like flu season's over spring time's here everything's kind of blooming and then summer was just like everybody's enjoying themselves the summer partying and then this is kind of like more of like a darker theme so it's almost like th- like things are dying, but it's like you got the Halloween kind of theme in there. Right. So, so it's interesting how they play that. But, but you're right. It would be cool to see what it's like as an entirety.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. Very nice. That's, that's everything. Mm hmm. Uh, so, you might be happy with this, but I, for whatever reason, I had the country radio station on like Ooh. every single day that I was in the car. Uh, So, it was, it was still like, you know, the the top country songs or whatever
1: um which so most that, of them are trash yeah so
0: <laughs> like oh my god there are so many references to you know like trucks and mama's house and like <laughs> guns and like to the point where i was like these lyrics are so stupid but um <laughs> i want to get your thoughts on morgan whalen because like his song Whalen your proof or you proof you you proof Mm -hmm. is the song morgan whalen i was like i was like this (laughs) is like it's a pretty good song but it's very like there's a lot of hip-hop influence in that song i found yes it wasn't like traditional it wasn't even stadium country for me it was very like more of an r&b hip-hop type of song
1: yes I 100% agree. I have an issue with Morgan Whalen, and <laughs> and it's it's not because like you proof. I think is a cool, it's a it's a cool take on music. Like for instance, uh, I like how like you proof. It's it's almost like the proof of like the like moonshine, mm-hmm. right? So it's playing on, off of that, which I kind of find kind of unique. Um, the issue with Morgan Whalen is that when he first started, he had this song called Whiskey Glasses, and it okay. played way too many times over the radio that it's like as soon as I, I was like Morgan Whalen I remember talking to a co-worker about it. he was like yeah I really want to see Morgan and I'm like what does he thing again and then he's like oh he sings these songs I'm like oh yeah that's a good song and then he's like oh whiskey glasses I'm like no instantly no I don't want to see him anymore <laughs> uh but uh there is definitely in his music theres definitely hip influence especially with the rhythm tracks. Yeah, like he samples a lot, um, which is kind of unique. Like, like if you were to put it as in, some of these country artists that add hip hop into the country, they don't do it well. Uh, whereas it, it I feel like it
0: off a bit corny sometimes.
1: Yeah, I feel like Morgan Whalen. He can he can do a, you know, he can get through it, mm-hmm. and it sounds pretty good yeah so
0: yeah that's what i found too but i was like Ugh, i don't know why like do people like this is this like too too much of a crossover for like the traditional folks or is this like more acceptable now because like so many people I, are doing it
1: i feel like with the new generation people like morgan is it
0: whalen or wallen whalen, whalen? whalen? morgan
1: whalen he's, whalen he's uh he's like number one right now like in the country like, mm. or anybody who listens to country loves Morgan Whalen. They want to see him live. They want to, like, they're, like, Morgan Whalen crazy, so. Interesting.
0: Okay. Um, Other songs that I was listening to on the radio, Fall in Love, Bailey Zimmerman. I have no idea who this person is. My problem with this song is, like, in the first verse, as soon as the line is, uh, pack your bags in the old forerunner. And as soon as he said "Forerunner," I was like, "Fuck this song!" I was, and the rest of the song is like, "Oh, this is really catchy," but I can't get over that he referenced the car so early in in the song.
1: Did you happen to hear the Applebee's song? No, <laughs> no. So it's it's like the concept is I can't remember who sings it. Um, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna look this up, but I'll tell the story first. But he, it's pretty much like taking a girl out, and you know how most songs are less like "I'm gonna take you out, nice dinner." I'm gonna like throw money down your throat thinking that I'm rich but this guy was like I loved it because he's just like we're going I'm gonna take you to Applebee's <laughs> and you're gonna get a milkshake but then the girl like loves that right like that's mm-hmm. that's their date night and yeah. it's literally like the most hillbilly stuff you can think of <laughs> but it, but the way he does it is so clever that that it's it comes across as great I think it's called the I don't think it's called the Applebee's song they actually uh Applebee's is using it as the
0: it's like
1: commercial now Interesting. but yeah um i mean that, that's what country music is though like they they have drinking beer driving forerunners. Like, does trucks?
0: everyone have to do the same thing like it's and then the other song that was on the radio was carry on or C- country on by luke bryan
1: country on yeah that
0: i I find luke
1: bryan luke (laughs) bryan has lost his touch because luke bryan is an excellent songwriter but some of the stuff that he's come up with lately is is not good
0: it's the most like cliched lyrics for country music i was like Mm -hmm. oh my god i can't get over it
1: yeah but then you probably heard some good stuff like chris stapleton
0: Uh, no, I didn't have any Chris Stapleton on the radio for whatever reason. This was literally like the top, I guess Chris Stapleton is like top 40, but like, yeah, it was very mixed bag. I was like, this is definitely like new generation (laughs) country.
2: Uh, You must
1: have heard joy of my life. You are the joy of my life.
0: Sounds so familiar.
1: Yeah. It's like,
0: oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that, that, that's, uh, that's. Chris and that's an excellent song i would love to see him live he's like he's a great musician and he's true to the country soul of it yeah. but yeah.
0: yeah yeah i don't know i my main beef with with country at least like today's country is like the lyrics itself it's just too it's too <laughs> too, too cliche it's it's a lot like metal where like there's too many songs that are just like we're we're going out to party and like headbanging all the time and drinking. Like when as soon as those <laughs> are the lyrics for me, when it's a metal song, or or if the lyrics are like we're gonna go and kill people and we're the most evil band in the world, like though <laughs> it's the most like cringy. Like no, mm-hmm. I can't I can't listen to this anymore. So
1: which which is a hundred percent fair because I agree. And where I find that good country music that separates it from what's going on in the new age here is if they i don't mind if they use cliche lyrics but they have to use it in a clever way yes right like use it in a clever way and and make it make the song interesting Mm -hmm. right because because there's another song by a female artist Uh, she's pretty new to the country area. you might have heard it but it's like uh it's called knockoff or something and it's like pretty much like finding a girl that's like like, you know, the fake eyelashes, uh, you know, like, fake nails, like, breast implants. And it's almost like she's talking about dating somebody. Like, oh, you're a guy and you're dating a girl, but I'm not a knockoff. You go to get a knockoff Gucci purse or something like that. Like, so so it was clever how she was doing it, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. It's, you know, new country music just needs to just... <laughs> stop and think (laughs) yeah and then and then write their music because again luke bryan great songwriter you listen to any of his old stuff amazing stuff right Mm -hmm. but like probably one of my favorite songs and it's and you'll laugh uh is rain is a good thing by luke bryan and the lyrics for the chorus go rain makes corn corn makes whiskey and whiskey makes my baby get a little frisky right but but it's Pretty so good. clever though right
0: yeah yeah cool. <laughs> i mean yeah anyways that was my adventure in country this past week and a bit um oh, man i just i don't know maybe one day i will there will be a current country artist i'm like yes this is it but so far no dice um i think i think
1: there is like i definitely like i could see you liking Marin morris i think you Mm. i think you would like Marin morris she's like the taylor swift of country music right now Mm. but but like at their beginning stage when she's actually making country music but she's actually like a really good songwriter and everything like that so
0: all right, all right. Um, oh, the other thing, uh, Noel Gallagher and the High Flying Birds—they released a brand oh, new single yes. for their upcoming album. Uh, the new single is "Pretty Boy." It's it's the all greatest right. song
1: ever written.
2: It's all
0: right. <laughs> uh, did you listen? I to haven't.
1: It? I haven't heard it, but but I'm assuming it's what the Noel greatest song ever
0: written. Yeah, what Noel Noel would say. Um, <laughs> it's I don't know. I I do love Noel's like solo career, but. Mm-hmm. It's it's getting, here's one thing, it's getting more progressive. Like uh, when you think of Noel Gallagher music and Oasis music, you're like four chords, you know, and just like a, a kick-ass chorus. And that's about it. First chorus, first chorus, bridge, chorus, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty stock standard, but he, he's now like, and even on the last album, he's like introducing new instruments and like new elements to his songwriting. So like to, in that respect, like it's nice. Uh, he's not reha- He's not rehashing Oasis, basically. Uh, but the song is okay. Uh, pretty Boy, it's like, whatever for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have
1: that on my list, downloaded okay. on my Apple Music. And nice. I was like, oh, like, I didn't get a chance to listen to it yet. So yeah, I was I was wondering if you already did or not. I'm like, <laughs> I bet you Kevin's already
2: listened to uh, this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll definitely listen to the whole album when it does come out, but uh, yeah, that first single was like a whatever for me. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Let's let's move on. Today in music history. Uh. So today is November seventh, nineteen forty three. Joni Mitchell is born in Fort McLeod, Alberta, Canada. Joni Mitchell, great musician. She, I didn't know she was born in Alberta. That seems. I actually would have put my money on Ontario, but yeah, yeah that's a shocker to me too. Yeah. She's a Prairie girl. Yeah. Um, 1956, Elvis Presley becomes the first artist to chart an extended play or EP 45 RPM record. Uh, when the four song Love Me EP entered the Billboard charts, is it crazy that like. There was a time when like four song EPs worth like a brand new thing
1: (laughs) that would be like revolutionary like and and it's like i always like go back to like when we when we were living in standard definition and we we jumped up to like blu-ray and high definition was like oh my god 1080p now there's like 4k and everything but but that was a big deal and i feel like this is just as big as that
0: yeah like four songs on a record like that's crazy, mm-hmm. like yeah, it's wild how like in a relatively cha- less, short
1: time, <laughs> less changes yeah. while you're listening to the music. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, 1967, Elton John and Bernie Bernie Toppin signed their first major publishing deal. Their parents are there to witness the signing as both are still minors. Hmm. That's how freaking talented they were. They got signed a deal before they turned 18 that's insane yeah it's crazy
1: like you know like like i always find it interesting with like young artists like that because it's like you don't really know anything about life yes yeah (laughs) and you're literally like going to the top
0: yeah so it's like (laughs) it's 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 just i think it's just meant to be those two met together and like was like this dynamic duo you know singer and songwriter Mm -hmm. combined it's like Absolutely. What are the chances, right?
1: Mm-hmm. That's like 1 in a million. Yeah. My friend. Yeah. 1 in a million.
0: Um, I don't know if this is technically related like music history, but 1974, Ted Nugent becomes National Squirrel Shooting Champion. <laughs> squirrel shooting champion. I didn't know there was a championship for this, but uh yeah, he's, in 1974, I guess he won nationals and is the best squirrel shooter in all of the U.S. You know what's crazy
1: is that, like, it's it's funny how you think of these, like, things. Like, I bet you that this person is making a killing. Like, I bet you this is, like, an actual sport that's probably, like, this is a champion. And I bet you you can follow, like, social media and stuff like that. Because I was talking with my neighbor who plays squash. Professionally, okay, like and he says the top squash player in the world is making like two hundred thousand dollars a year.
0: Oh wow!
1: Would you ever think that? No. <laughs> so, with that concept in your brain, think about what this person is, is making. Like they got to at least be clearing. Like I would say, if I had to guess, eighty thousand to a hundred thousand a year.
0: Yeah, sponsorship money in the deep south. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's like I didn't I didn't even know that was a sport though. Right now, (laughs) squirrel shooting. It's so funny that Ted Nugent is the one that won that in (laughs) in one of the years. I could see it.
1: I could see it though, (laughs) because Ted Nugent is a bit of a hick.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's a huge hick. Oh my god.
1: Like Uh, I mean, like I would love to talk about this. Like I feel like now that I know this knowledge. If I ever met Ted Nugent, I would be like, hey, man, so what are the skills <laughs> you need? Like, tell me what, if one was to get into this sport, what, what would rules? you recommend? <laughs> yeah, what are the
0: rules? <laughs> um, <laughs> That's such a crazy thing. Yeah. Uh, 1996, Lord is born in Auckland, New Zealand. She signs a record deal at 8, 13 and lands her first hit royals when she's 16. She's from, she's from New Zealand, eh? Yeah. I she thought she was the... English. I thought she was Icelandic, so... <laughs> so, there you go. I didn't know who, where she was from, but she's from New Zealand. Interesting. <laughs> I literally well, thought go. she was she's from... A... <laughs> where bjork was i was like oh this is just another bjork you know what's
1: funny at least we didn't say she's australian because for some reason the new zealanders hate when you say no i'm not from australia fuck that place and then vice versa yeah uh 1997
0: the uh titanic soundtrack is released it contains only one song with vocals my heart will go on by celine dion but it sells over 10 million copies I
1: feel like the Titanic soundtrack would go down at least in top ten for soundtracks.
0: But it's one song. I don't like why I don't, why did people buy this for one song? I mean
1: I guess like I, guess... I have I have my thoughts on Seleneon and everybody <laughs> knows this from the earlier days of the podcast, but uh like I I mean like she's got some killer pun. Mm-hmm. Right? And and I feel, I feel like, which is insane to think, like because this album with one song on it would still make it. I think it still make it in at least top 10 of soundtracks of all time. I still think it
2: would.
0: Uh, most, yeah, most like, obviously most memorable. I, I feel like if you just gave random people like, what's your favorite soundtrack or one soundtrack that you know there'd be a lot of people that would say the Titanic, but uh, Mm. it's one song and the rest are just literally like film score.
1: I, yeah, I agree. And I would argue like I, I would be open to the, if somebody was actually debating with us, I would open the fact that I would say it would be in the bottom half of the top.
2: Mm. I
1: wouldn't say it'd be in the top five, but I feel like people would have arguments of why it would be in the top five.
0: Mm. I see, I see. Which we
1: should we should find somebody that's really like adamant <laughs> that it's like in the top 5 and then we can debate them and really destroy their their you know. <laughs> uh
0: 2002 Guns N Roses is scheduled to start their first North American tour since 1993, but Axel Rose doesn't show up for the Vancouver concert. The tour is canceled a month later. The, as, uh, like i
1: love guns and roses i think they're an awesome band great rock band but that shit pisses me off
0: i can't believe that their last their current slash tour that's been going on for five six years now i can't believe like axl rose grew up and actually shows up to like the shows now <laughs> Like if mm-hmm. you told me there was a world where Axel Rose is like <laughs> an adult and shows up to his obligations, I'd be like there's no way. Like yeah. th- that that will never exist. If you buy tickets to a Guns N' Roses concert, you're not seeing Guns N' Roses, but like yeah, it, there's
1: like there's literally a 50/50 percent chance that you're going to go see a band like 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 it's literally like you know what i don't even care if i'm late because i don't even know if he's gonna show up
0: all <laughs> <laughs> right so yeah like that's also why and i know these days axel rose is going to show up but like at the same time like mm, there's still a chance that he might revert back so i've never like bought a ticket to a guns and roses show because <laughs> like mm, it's not worth the hassle because
1: <laughs> that's so deflating like like especially like you work hard you go to work and then it's just like I'm waiting for this night. Like this night I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'll just rock out. Like it's gonna be amazing. Go for a nice dinner. And then it's just like, no, he doesn't show up. Like that would be so deflating.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 2003, with tourism suffering because of the SARS outbreak, the Hong Kong government hires the Rolling Stones to perform a concert there to assure people it is safe. The Rockers played to 13,000 people at the city's Harbor Fest. I remember this. I remember this on the news. What a wild, wild time. I mean, I guess like, we've got it worse with COVID, but mm-hmm. SARS was uh, like...
1: I feel like our generation understood SARS a bit and we're like, Oh, mm. this is kind of like SARS. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what yeah. the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. Is that a villain from the lion King? <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, 2011 Dr. Conrad Murray is found guilty of involuntary manslaughter in the death of Michael Jackson. Murray was accused of giving the singer a lethal dose of the sedative propofol on the day he died.
2: Hmm.
1: I was given that drug when I broke my ankle <laughs> and they actually, the doctor said, we're giving you the Michael Jackson drug.
0: No. That's what they said.
1: Oh and I was God. like, what is that? <laughs> and then I was too high out of my mind to even know, but they're like, Oh, you're not going to remember anything. And I'm like, bullshit. I do. <laughs> and then I remember the doctor coming in and we're like, Hey, I was talking to Julie on the phone and I was like, Hey, yeah, like it's everything's fine, and like it wasn't fine because I was so high out of my mind. And and I remember the doctor coming in, and he's like, "Is uh, like, yeah." So do you remember? I'm like, "Yeah, of course I remember." Like, what the fuck's your problem? Like, I remember, like I did. And I looked down at my leg, and it's in a cast. I don't remember anything. I remember being there, talking to the nurses, and then all of a sudden, that it goes to that memory of just talking to the doctor. So that's some pretty hardcore shit. So. Yeah. Obviously, they didn't give me a lethal dose. So I'm happy
0: for that. I'm fortunate for <laughs> I that. I can't believe you referred referred it as the Michael Jackson drug. That's
1: what the, that's what the nurses said. They're oh, like, we're going to give you this. And I'm like, what's that? It's the Michael Jackson drug. And I was <laughs> like, oh, God, <laughs> that doesn't help.
0: <laughs> that's how, mm. like, you know, famous Michael Jackson is or was. Yeah. That at, a drug like, is named after him. Yeah.
1: Like you you were to say like Eric, what was that drug that that Alex just said? I I don't even know what is it called again? Propofol. Propofol. Yeah. Propofol. I'll forget that 100% I will.
0: But the Michael Jackson <laughs> drug, you'll definitely remember.
1: <laughs> Michael Jackson drug, I'll know it is propofol, but <laughs> that's it.
0: Yeah. Uh 2015 Pentatonix becomes the first a cappella group to score a US number 1 album with their self-titled release when it tops the charts.
1: I feel like the Pentatonix is one of those bands that were like, you know, it was the fad.
0: Yeah. YouTube viral fad type of type of yeah. band. Kind of like Walk Off The Earth. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 you're right. Like, th- those two bands really got, I wouldn't say lucky, but they really milked going viral.
1: And it's it's funny because I feel like there's so many similarities, obviously, to like One Hit Wonders, right? Mm. Like, back in like the 80s, and, and like maybe you could argue the 70s, but I would say One Hit Wonders are predominantly the 80s. Yep. You get all these bands that are like, Oh,
2: yeah, I know that
1: song. What else do you <laughs> sing? Like, like, Eye of the Tiger, right? Yeah. Yep. And, and, but, but I feel like it's interesting how it went from actual, like, just this is the song to YouTube channel. Everybody was binging the YouTube channel or, or whatever, like social media channel. And, and then it's like debt. <laughs> like, nobody cares about them
0: anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, 2016 snoop dog and martha stewart star in the first episode of martha and snoop's potluck dinner party where they make fried <laughs> chicken with wiz khalifa i did not know about this and i want to know i like i want to
1: watch this right now
0: <laughs> yeah they they put together basically like a, a home cooking show together <laughs> that's amazing that is amazing uh, also in 2016, Leonard Cohen passes away at the age of 82. What a freaking beast that man was. A legend.
1: Yeah. Canadian
0: legend. Yeah. Um, and finally, on this day in 2017, Aretha Franklin plays at Elton John's AIDS Foundation Gala at the Cathedral of St. John the Divine in New York, uh, New York City in what turns out to be her final performance. Have you ever seen Aretha Franklin live?
1: I've seen videos, but never in person. Okay,
0: uh, I've seen her, I've seen her live once. Uh, oh, that would have at been amazing! jazz fest in Toronto. It was closer to the end of her life, like maybe a year or two before her death. It was like pretty good for for a remember... lady who's like seventy, eighty, who's been singing her whole life. Like not bad. Still can keep up.
1: That's awesome. So she's got some good pipes on her yeah for sure
0: yeah uh all right so that is today in music history let's move on to the music news so i guess <laughs> the big like we should probably discuss this slightly but uh jerry lee lewis passes away at the age of 87 uh he, oh, passed away. he did didn't i thought we messaged this no. one oh okay. oh did he anyways jerry lee lewis this? passed away at the age of 87 <laughs> on october 28th uh nicknamed the killer (laughs) nicknamed the killer and uh rock and roll's first great wild man he was a pioneer of rock and roll and rockabilly music uh he passed Mm -hmm. away at the age of 87 lived a long and uh let's say controversial (laughs) life that's probably the most pc way of saying that yeah
1: uh I would agree with the statements that he is definitely, yes, controversial life. Um but he did influence rockabilly music. Yes. For sure. And I would I would I would consider him a pioneer of rockabilly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, he was uh mm. when he came out, like there wasn't anyone performing like like him. Like, Mm -hmm. like as much as we laugh at it now that Elvis Presley was shaking his leg and that was like the big uproar, like Jerry Mm -hmm. Lee Lewis was like kicking his piano stool off the stage and just like going wild. Like he was, he was a performer. Which
1: is funny because a lot of people forget like people who love Elton John, Billy Joel, like mm -hmm. a lot of their influences come from like people like Jerry Lee Lewis, right? Yeah so like it's just something that's just so out there that you're like wow this is amazing right
0: uh eric let's play a game uh tell me or guess (laughs) what at the time of or on the day of his death what number wife was he on like how many wives what was his last wife (laughs) number when he died i'll give you two guesses Hmm. it's in the single digits so we'll we'll keep
1: Keep single digits in. okay what uh okay what what age did he die at what was his age 87 i'm gonna have to
0: say six oh very close very close one more <laughs> oh.
1: is it up or down that is the question <laughs> I'm going to say seven.
0: Yep. He was on his seventh oh! wife. Oh, yes. <laughs> Lucky number seven. <laughs> he was on his seventh wife at the age of 87. Like, that's madness. And I think he had, like, I don't know how many kids he had. But with his seventh wife, he had, like, five kids or something. like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I, the man... <laughs> Oh my god. We could we could probably like do a whole episode on him and just like the crazy shit his life was and like all the messed up things he did, but 7 is too many. 7 is really too many. That
1: is a lot. But but like I mean, like it comes to the point where I guess if you're rich and famous, right? There's still like like cuz cuz I always think of like when people get divorced, it's always like
0: the alimony payments.
1: Like are you mm. making anything? At that time,
0: at that point? Yeah, like, the the child, he probably had, like, at least a child per wife, or, like, two Mm -hmm. every other wife. Like, the child support payments, like, that must have been so expensive.
1: I I wonder, (laughs) it's so bad, but, like, I wonder if it was just like, you know what, I don't even care, because... It's like, what are they going to take
0: from me? I got nothing else to give. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, a pioneer in rock and roll and rockabilly music, uh, mm. passed away at the age of 87. Uh, in other news, as we laugh, as yeah. we laugh <laughs> I don't know, Jerry no. Lee Lewis, oh, man. He was a good musician, but there's just, it's hard it's, it's to that... be a fan. Let's just put it that yeah.
1: way. Yeah. It's its that whole paradigm, and we've talked about this many times on this podcast with other artists, right? Like, the artist is a great musician, but it's like, the lifestyle that this person lives is <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, it's literally like, do you, su- obviously, as, as his life, I don't support him as a person, but as a musician, like, yeah. Like leaps and
0: bounds, like
1: he's he's making
0: right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, here's a public service announcement for everyone. Uh, a Taylor Swift fan recently took to social media to ask fellow Swifties if she was scammed after spending fifteen hundred dollars on Taylor Swift concert tickets from a site called Ticket Faster. Pre-sale for Taylor Swift concert tickets go on sale on November 15th, but this fan decided to pull the trigger on November the, November the 2nd on Ticket Faster. Uh, a 2018 study conducted by Aventus found that 12% of concert goers have been scammed when purchasing tickets.
1: I mean, uh, I, I still, it fathoms me. And I see this every single day with frauds and it's literally like why 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 would you think this is a good idea right like like if the tickets are going on sale on the 15th yeah guess what the tickets are going on
0: sale (laughs) on the 15th yeah right pre-sale was the 15th like (laughs)
1: yeah there's no like there's no special backdoor, like person from the oh hello I'm here to uh sell you some uh uh tickets uh you know I hear you're a great Taylor like there's none of that nobody's doing that right and and ah, uh, it's it's sad it's and I feel bad for the person just because they're they're caught in the fact that they love the the artist so much right they're just like you know oh, I want I want them so bad and then they it's it's kind of their fault but it's not their fault
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i mean ticket faster is i like the name ticket faster but i'm not buying tickets from ticket faster that's ridiculous it's madness not at all yeah not I'm sur- at all. but i'm surprised uh 12 percent of concert goers have been scammed when purchasing tickets that 12%. really 12 su- percent the study found in 2018 wow. like that's really high that is extremely high yeah i feel like that's too high <laughs> yeah like i'm so surprised that number is that high but
1: is it, is it because of stuff like this like take it faster essentially not let no it takes everything into small. account
0: so like scalpers like on on the street like people like physically buying fake tickets but also mm-hmm. including like these shady websites that's a shame yeah that is totally a shame um, sticking with Taylor Swift News, uh, Taylor Swift has become the first artist in Billboard Hot 100 history to claim every single spot of the top 10 at the same time. Her latest album, Midnights, uh, was released and it took one to ten for for all the songs off of the album. That is insane.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is actually insane.
0: Yeah, so uh, she's the first artist in history to do that. Uh, the only artist close that did that close enough was Drake previously when he took nine of the 10 spots. That is crazy. I don't know how you get all 10.
1: <laughs> I don't know. and And I know I don't want to go too much into the album because we're reviewing it here mm-hmm. next week, I believe. Yeah. So I don't want to go too much into it, but I want to know why.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like streaming has really changed it because they, they take into mm. account streaming uh, stats now. So like if you're, if you're a Swifty, you're going to listen to the whole album, right? You're not just going yeah. to listen to the, the lead single, <laughs> anti hero and just keep that on repeat. You're going to listen to the whole album. So I feel like that bumps up the B-sides more. But it's still impressive that, you know, that yeah. whole album took basically all ten spots.
2: Mm,
1: that is that is impressive. Yeah, I know. I know for a fact because Julia I would consider her, and I feel like at. Uh, you know we're we're a bit of Swifties too because we we seem to talk about her uh, like on every single episode. Here. <laughs> so I mean, you know Taylor Swift. If you're listening to this podcast, we would love. To have you on this
0: show. Oh my god. That'd be so uh, funny because like she'll she'll never come on the show. There's no way. In no, there. she won't.
1: There's well, no you way. know what we have great things to talk about folklore. Like great. Yeah. If you
0: want to talk about folklore, things. it'll be yeah. <laughs> that would be the reason. But everything else And I feel
1: point. like our questions would be predominantly but that. But Uh, what i'm saying is is that uh julie isn't into the social media game here she like i know from her she's saying tiktok has literally just gone like freaking nuts with her (laughs) with her with her songs so i mean i think you're right streaming does obviously have a have a play into
0: this yeah Uh, Last week, Meta, formerly uh, Facebook, announced an AI-powered audio compression method called Encodec that can reportedly compress audio 10 times smaller than the MP3 format at 64 kilobytes with no loss in quality. If stable, this could improve not only bandwidth in streaming music, but also dramatically improve sound quality and speech for low-bandwidth connections. This... I'm interested in. I'm not so much interested yeah. in the... I mean, might be going a bit too technical in this, but the 64 kilobits per second, I will not listen to because that's too low for me. I need it like mm-hmm. 320 minimum. But uh, it's actually... If you could get an MP3 smaller, that'd be pretty good.
1: I mean, most people who listen through MP3s are just... <laughs> excuse me, either working out or they're mm-hmm. like in the car driving and stuff like that. So I, I feel like with sound quality, it it wouldn't make a difference for that. But, but, <laughs> I mean, like, I'd have to listen to it to believe it, to see if there is a loss in sound quality. Oh, because right I, right. I feel like there would be.
0: I mean technology keeps evolving so like mp3s Mm -hmm. how old are they now what 20 years at this point like yeah there must be better algorithms and technology that can transmit the same amount of data but in like a more optimized fashion so um, that's true it'd be pretty cool if we can like get away from the mp3 format and go to something that's a bit more efficient especially because like streaming if you're on a data plan and streaming music like <laughs> that's just gonna chew it up Yeah,
1: it eats up your data like crazy yeah
0: right. so that'll be that'll be interesting to uh, keep a tab on in other streaming news though Amazon music has changed their streaming model uh, so now under their basic, amazon music tier which comes free with amazon prime you now have access to every single song and podcast available on the platform however there's a caveat they have taken away the ability to download specific songs and you're stuck in shuffle mode only for offline listening you can download specific playlists uh but you're stuck in shuffle mode there too so previously uh you I think the catalog was only limited to a million or 2 million songs. And then everything else you had to pay uh, Mm -hmm. to the higher tier to get access to. But now they have opened it to every single song. um, But you're stuck in shuffle mode forever.
1: Which I feel like for most people, it's fine. But for people like you and me, it's like, it's, it sucks because it takes away the whole album experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like for hardcore music fans this is not good. But if you're a hardcore music fan, I feel like you'd be paying for like the premium music music mm-hmm. subscription. So this is probably catering to the just the casual listener and shuffle I feel like is sufficient for for most casual listeners. Yeah. You pick, I would say like, the
1: majority yeah. of the popla- population would benefit from this.
0: Yeah, you like pick a theme like dinner music or workout music and it just plays and you're like oh cool
1: yeah oh it's a great song yeah. yeah whereas people like you and me are just like bashing our heads against the ball <laughs> being like what is going on here yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah so i i tried it out for yeah. a bit for like a few days and it's like oh this is interesting like you know it forces you to listen to a curated or uh an (laughs) auto-generated playlist and it's on shuffle forever so you listen to stuff that you normally wouldn't listen to but Mm. it's sort of frustrating when you're like i need to listen to this specific song right now and like (laughs) you can't (laughs) no it doesn't let you oh man um oh (laughs) uh since we're nearing christmas or getting to christmas uh we discussed a decent amount of time ago a 20 million dollar lawsuit by a mississippi songwriter against mariah carey and her writing team for the 1994 holiday classic all i want for christmas is you the suit was uh, a plagiarism suit specifically because the songs uh, matching titles all i want for christmas is you anyways uh the lawsuit has now been dropped because it was a ridiculous lawsuit <laughs> i don't I still don't understand why it took so long for you to file a lawsuit. And like, secondly, you can't sue for a song title. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's like,
1: yeah. How many times have you tried to like, especially for the Thief for No Thief, like you type in a song title, but then it's like the newest song of that song title name comes up and you're like, damn it, I don't
0: want this. <laughs> <I> want- yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so yeah, but you can't do that unfortunately. Right? Yeah. Um OzFest
0: 2022 is happening very soon, uh and this year it's taking place on the metaverse. So November 10th and 13th, the festival will have 15 stages with over 100 plus musical artists, all digital, no physical OzFest this year. Um Be interesting, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is just how it goes. Like, I'm surprised OzFest is going to the metaverse.
1: Bad, man. <laughs> this is, I like, I feel like people always say, oh, this is where music dies, like, throughout generations and generations. But I feel like this is where actual music will die.
0: <laughs> In the metaverse? <laughs> In
1: the metaverse.
0: Uh, yeah, I can't. I honestly can't sit at home and watch a virtual concert. No. It doesn't seem fun to me.
2: No. If I
1: saw somebody watching that, I'd be like, "What the fuck are you watching?" <laughs> and they'd be like, "Oh, it's a metaverse concert." I'd be like, "Okay. You need to see a live show like right now." Yeah.
0: <laughs> like like the experience is just different. I don't know
1: even even watching a band like when they come out with like a dvd or or like a blu-ray or something about their live show that's like you know live at the royal albert hall or whatever right mm. it's it's like th- that's still better than actually like mm. watching some cartoon character play that you're just like you're not playing anything <laughs> it's all like <laughs> you know yeah i don't know i don't know man i think uh, we're just getting old
0: yeah maybe Uh, In other live news, Motley Crue's guitarist Mick Mars, unfortunately, has dropped out of Motley Crue's latest tour due to ongoing health issues. Mick Mars, for decades, has suffered from a chronic inflammatory form of arthritis that mainly affects the spine and pelvis. He was initially diagnosed when he was 17 years old and has increasingly impaired his movement and pain. Uh, His replacement has been announced, and it will be John Five, who's a equally spectacular guitar player as much as i rag on motley Crue and hate motley Crue, mick mars is the one one person in the band that i have like the utmost respect for i feel like he's the guy who shows up on time does his shit and is a phenomenal guitar player and mm-hmm. like you know he's the real talent in that band and everyone else in that band's a piece of shit
1: Wally crew is is literally a piece of shit bag. Oh, they're like
0: <laughs> they're, they're like the worst human beings in the world. But Mick Mars yeah. I've always like I've always had respect for. Like he's just he seems like the guy who was just like practicing. Like, because he has like this disease. Like, just imagine the amount of like pain and effort <clears> he had to put into like learn like wear a guitar, learn the guitar, like
1: it's dedication for sure. Yeah. Right.
0: Um, in uh, in uh, international news, raves will soon be considered a criminal activity in Italy. Prime Minister Maloney will soon declare <laughs> that unlicensed raves of more than fifty people will be considered a crime, coming with it up to six years in jail. She also says that the government is open to the idea of wiretapping those who organize raves. <laughs> I mean, coming
1: from my personal experience, I can see why. Just because <laughs> the influx, just because of the influx of, so where I used to live in the Kootenays, there was a Shambhala, which all of you would, would know this festival, because all of Canada knows this festival, I and mean, we, like, people would come through, I uh, all tiers of the world and holes and <laughs> in, the, in their housing or whatever, right? So, I I mean, like the influx of crime goes up significantly mm. for that place. So I can understand why, but, you know, I feel like if you were to compare a rave to any music festival, I feel like there would probably be a similar amount of crime that is happening (laughs) so i feel like it's it's kind of like okay well it's like you know like the big thing people think about with raves is drugs right Mm -hmm. people high on drugs people like you know get a little crazy you know but i feel like that's with like any music you talk about any type of style of music or festival there drugs are always a factor alcohol is always a factor right Mm -hmm. so i i mean I feel like that the statistics, if you were to actually compare them to other festivals, like country music, everybody's fucking drunk, right? <laughs> like, everybody's just drunk on out liquor, right? Mm-hmm. So, then you got, like, impaired driving and stuff like that. So, I feel like th- it would be a pretty equivalent to other festivals. So, yeah. I, I can't see this being, like, that's pretty crazy, like, saying no. Because then, I feel like if you had to ban raves, you'd have to ban every music festival
0: yeah yeah anyways moral of the story is next time you're in Italy do not start a rave do not attend a rave because it will be illegal very soon which is crazy (laughs) um here's a strange collaboration the Grateful Dead have just collaborated with a new sustainable brand called Pact Pact are known for their products in athletic leisure wear so very soon you can have your own Grateful Dead yoga pants i don't know why anyone thought this was a good idea but i don't know how those two brands like combine yeah that's uh doesn't makes no grateful
1: sense. dead and yoga
0: i guess i
1: i you know uh, a lot of people who do yoga known fact
0: listen to the grateful <laughs> dead <laughs> yeah maybe yeah uh anyways um oh keeping up with our list of people who have sold their catalogs huey lewis and the news have sold their catalog from inception to 1994 for at least 20 million dollars i guess no one wanted to buy their stuff after 1994 uh, (laughs) so they had to only sell a few decades but yeah they have sold their it's like
1: the song it's like the song goes it's hip to sell your catalog
0: (laughs) (laughs) 20 million dollars for for Huey lewis in the news um that's funny
1: that is that is just funny that's not even so like <laughs> <laughs> i love how they're like we want to sell our catalog too and nobody wants to buy it that's like <laughs> that's so funny
0: <laughs> oh oh, oh. Um, a study published in Current Biology researchers have found a chord that cures nightmares patients diagnosed with a nightmare disorder were invited to rewrite their most frequent nightmares in a positive light then while they were sleeping they were played a repeated piano chord which they had been taught to associate with positive experiences the chord they found that worked the best was C major 6 and a ninth on top so that would be C E G A And a D, a five note chord, five note chord, yeah. (laughs) That's interesting, yeah. (laughs) C major six and a ninth, but yeah, um, that'd be pretty cool. I don't know how I would, I want to put this in practice somehow, but I don't know how I would do this.
1: (laughs) That's that's interesting because I always feel happy when I hear like minor chords. Like like a blues and a minor. Like uh, I like I always feel like uh, at my happiest.
0: Okay, but yeah, okay, because there is an association with that, right? You you associate those minor chords mm-hmm. with the blues and that's like your your jam. Uh yeah, it's my happy place. Yeah. But normally it should be a major chord. <laughs> Which which
1: is which is funny and ironic because I always feel like anybody who's like this isn't a KFC. I'm like, you know what? Pick another key, man. <laughs> like KFC is like a generic key. I feel like. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like. Yeah. There's no there's no flats or sharps.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Like like come on, let's give some little spice <laughs> into it. <laughs> like you know. Yeah. A little seasoning in your music here. Let's not like that. That's like mashed potatoes and. And just like beef, that's it <laughs> to me.
0: Uh, in controversial news, and we're probably the worst people to talk about this, but American singer, songwriter, <laughs> and overall rebel, Patty Smith's controversial song, Rock and Roll, N-Word, uh, and she actually does have a song with the full word uh, written out, has disappeared off streaming services. The song utilizes the N-Word in full, uncensored throughout the song, I would say a bit excessively, but it's like upfront in your face. Uh, it was controversial at the time of release back in, I think it was the 70s, late 70s, somewhere there. Uh, and Patti Smith has defended it throughout her career, uh, but no reason has been given why it was removed from streaming platforms. I assume just because advertisers don't, you know, want to be PC about it. But uh, <laughs> uh, Patti Smith, I, you know, activists rebel punk rocker here's the thing obviously a white person using the n-word is bad but there's certain contexts uh, that you know We're we're probably not the gatekeepers of this at all, but no, uh, I (laughs) would just say say no comment. (laughs) Yeah, I would just say there is context to the song. If you go and listen to that song, it's not like it's not using it as a racist term. It's more referring Mm -hmm. to social class rather than uh, a race thing. But Mm. interesting that uh, we're we're starting to remove things from you know the discography of you know music that's important
1: which is a shame because isn't art supposed to be free expression yeah right which you know it's kind of limiting but i i'm gonna revert to my no comment
0: (laughs) (laughs) fair (laughs) enough (laughs) Um, let's move on. So, uh, in, Mm. in similar news in rewriting history earlier this year, a new Canadian made for TV documentary series called dive detectives aired on March 31st. Mm. It presented new evidence that the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald was not caused by human error in the 1975 Lake Superior shipping tragedy in which 29 lives were lost. Gordon Lightfoot has now changed the lyrics for his song, The Wreck of Edmund Fitzgerald, to remove any implication that human error played a part. He hasn't re-recorded the song, but live performances have him changing the verses for his song. Um, I think this is one very specific specific scenario where I can accept this changing <laughs> because it is a it's a historical song which is mm-hmm. now proven to be inaccurate so him updating it now that I think that that's the one instance where I'm like yes you should do that
1: yeah i i agree i agree cuz solely you wrote the song based off historical reasons
0: and mm-hmm. honestly it's just like well yeah yeah it's it, not... it
1: turns out that this isn't the way it happened.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like cancel culture came to you and like you have to now change like what you originally intended. Like the intention of the song is to be historically accurate. So now that you have new information, updating it, this feels like right to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and finally. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers are the first rock band in 17 years to top album sales charts twice in one year uh, because they had two albums this year. (laughs) System of a Down was the last band to do this 17 years ago with Hypnotize and Mesmerize, which leads us to the album review of this, this week, which is Return of the Dream Canteen by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So Return of the Dream Canteen is the 13th studio album by American rock band Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was released on October 14th, 2022. It was produced by Rick Rubin, uh, but it was recorded during the same sessions as the band's previous studio album, Unlimited Love. Eric, your thoughts on this album?
1: Uh, So question, was the producer the same on this album? Yes, Rick Rubin. Okay, Rick Rubin, okay. Um, I mean, I was pumped when I first saw this, like, like, you know, the single tip of my tongue came out. I was like, this is an awesome song. This is a typical chili song. Right. And, and you can't deny it got funky bass, you know, lyrics you can't understand by Anthony Kiedis. (laughs) Right. And then, and then you got like John Frusciante playing the guitar, like funk, like pure funk, which I, which is why I love the chili peppers so much. I thought this album was good, but if I had to compare it to both of them, I was actually, maybe it's because I thought this album was going to be better than Unlimited Love. Um, There were some songs on here that I actually was like, this is a trash song. Like, why is it so even on this album? Uh, But I mean, for the most part, like, it's pretty decent. But if I had to pick between the two out of this year, I would have to still go with Unlimited Love.
0: Oh, interesting. I, okay.
1: I don't know what it is. Like I like I, I feel like with with this red hot chili peppers going back to John Free and I said this before when we when we reviewed Unlimited Love on the podcast. Uh you know, like I, I he's one of my top influential guitar players. And I was expecting more out of him in this. Oh. I got some funky bass from Flea. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, like some of the songs, like, uh, what the hell is it called? Uh, Fake as fuck. But, like, that funky mm. bass line is, like, so sick.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Uh, but there are some songs where I'm just, like, listening and I'm anticipating, like, oh, this is going to be, like, a crazy, like, John Fisciante solo. And there's, like, nothing. Nothing <laughs> happens. And I was so disappointed. Um, I see. I see. But, I mean, overall, like, I still enjoyed the album. But, but uh, I feel like it was i i don't know it was it was a bit badly laid out the album
0: yeah i i think i'm gonna have this i'm gonna have similar criticisms for this album compared to unlimited love where i just think it's too many songs it's just yeah, like
1: 17 is a
0: lot it's too many i yeah. do realize they wrote a lot of songs but like both albums are just way too long and some of the songs are just unnecessary, like to the point my where cigarette, you start blending.
1: My cigarette could take that out <laughs> for sure. Uh, I I can't stand that song on this album. <laughs> um, but I mean, like some notable songs, I think like it's it's down to either Eddie or Bella. Oh are, yeah yeah yeah. Those are probably are one sick. of. them. Yeah. But I mean, I would say if I had to choose the top half of this album, pretty decent. All the way around, but then at the end, it was kind of just like, like you said, it's blending in with other songs, and I'm just like, oh man, like, yeah, like what, what is this gibberish, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but but I mean, like you got 17 songs compared to their album before this, Unlimited Love, which clocks out also 17 songs, and I felt like in Unlimited Love there was a lot more songs that I felt like drove the album. Whereas this, like, I was so pumped for this because of the, like, honestly, like, I was judging a, a book by its You see this album art? It screams Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's I can't. It's it, it is terribly written because that that uh, top part with, like, the pink and the green, where it says Red Hot Chili Peppers, I didn't even know that says Red Hot Chili Peppers. That, I, I look at that, and I'm like, what the, what the fuck does that say? <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> right? But with like an album like The Dream, A Return of the Dream Canteen. That's a typical Chili's like mm. like something Chili Peppers would make, right? Yeah. Or like the artwork is Chili Peppers totally.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: I, I I just felt like like ah oh, Unlimited Love was way better than this album. Mm. If I had to compare the two, which which disappointed me because I was so pumped when I saw this artwork. I was like, "Yes, tip of the tongue. Oh, this album's going to be amazing." And maybe it's because I got myself, like, high expectations. I don't know. It kind of fell flat for me. Mm.
0: I'm, I'm surprised you didn't get your Frusciante fix on this album. Because, like, when I listened to this, I was like, oh, yeah. That guitar tone and, like, the guitar playing on this, this is what I want from, from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. Like, especially on a song like Eddie, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's not... It's not like shredding, right? It's not it's not like like no. super fast like guitar or whatever. But that guitar solo on Eddie uh although I it, it's a tribute to Eddie Van Halen. So I was like, "Oh, you should mm-hmm. probably do some shredding on this song." But he decided not to. But Which like, he can. Yeah, he can. He can. <laughs> Clear, yeah, he, he definitely can. But um that guitar solo is just so sick on that song. I was like, "This is great." Yeah. The the pro- <laughs> I'll talk about Eddie first because I think that is probably the best song on the album. Um mm. The lyrics are just so stupid. I like <laughs> it's supposed to be a tribute to Eddie Van Halen. So there's a lot of references to Eddie, or sorry, Van Halen songs. Mm. But then it always throws me off in the chorus when he's like 1983. Like he always references 1983. I'm like, but the album, Van Halen's album is 1984, not 1983. I like, I keep thinking about that and it bothers me. Cause like, did he get the date wrong? Like, did he get the album date? Cause Van Halen's album name is 1984, but the chorus, he's always like 1983, 1983. I'm like, hmm, hmm. this is bothering me. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. there's, there's some sort of context <laughs> to it, but like that bothered me a lot. Hmm. Um, but uh I think Eddie is probably the best song. I agree with you, Bella is a very good song on this album. Tip of my tongue. There's a lot of good like funk jams in here that I sort of expect from the Chili Peppers. The problem mm-hmm. is like it just meanders because there's so many songs on this album. Mm-hmm. And then um I don't think like Unlimited Love, what's what's the lead single on it? Um Black Summer. Black Summer, yeah. That one is definitely like a Red Hot Chili Peppers like live song that people would be really happy to hear. Yeah. On this album, I don't think I don't even think Eddie would be one where I'd be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, everyone recognizes that song from the first second uh when it's played." Like I don't think there's any yeah. tip of my tongue is a very good song, but that could be any Chili song to be honest. Um yeah, Absolutely. I don't think there is a signature song on this album.
1: Which is which is why I'm feeling this way about this album, Kim.
0: Yeah. It's, it's strange. It is it is strange and
1: you have all these filler songs that I feel like are so unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And and I wonder if it's just like, well, we have all these filler songs that we want to release with John, but like because i mean if you go into their deep cuts even songs that they've written that didn't make the albums there's like a whole like like underground thing that you can look at with the chili peppers where they cover songs like Havana Affair by the Ramones and and they have songs like original songs too that are like this is sick why didn't this song make mm-hmm. it on an album right right and and it's just like you get all these filler songs like you know my cigarette or shoot me a smile like, la, 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 right? Like, that's, <laughs> like, like why are these songs on this album? Right? Yeah. Like, I feel like this album could be a good album if it was capped out at 10. 10 yes. songs.
0: Yeah. 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 Right? Far like, too long. like, far too long.
1: And, like, I mean, as pumped as I am that John's back in the band, like, I love, I love John. He's He's definitely one of my top five favorite guitar players of all time. And uh, I was like, he's, he's got the funk in this, but I was expecting more solos, right? Like just more like lead riffs in there. And, and I got that at top of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's, it's just not memorable overall, this album. Mm-hmm. Even I listened to it today. I was like, oh, I've listened to this album a decent amount of times, but I don't re- remember this song. <laughs> there's a lot of yeah. instances like that. But, um, yeah. uh all right final rating slots what are you going to give this album
1: i'm going to give this a 6.5 out of 10
0: oh wow 6.5 that's pretty good
1: 6.5 out of 10 like like it's a good it's a good album but there's way better mm. in the band and okay. and like i feel like with red Hot chili peppers it's one of those things where you have to Rate the band based off the guitar player that's playing with the <laughs> band at the time, because they've gone through, you know, like Dave Navarro and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I still think these four members are meant to be together, mm. and they make probably their best work together. Um, but I still rate this point five out of ten.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, it's a it's an average record. I'm giving it a five five out of ten. Like it's not Mm. a terrible record it's not an extremely good record it's just like a average it's like there's a lot of trash there's a lot of good stuff it's just (laughs) it's mostly forgettable so for me it's going to be a 5 out of 10 on this one uh all right so that's the uh album for this week uh for those of you following along with us every single week the uh, the monster album we're going to be reviewing and talking about next week will be the brand new taylor swift album midnights uh so uh i don't know i've been listening to this for two three weeks now and um yeah same <laughs> with uh same with me sure. <laughs> so, let's see. So stay let's
1: tuned see. for a great review everybody <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a daisy. I can just tell. Like, and and honestly, like, this isn't pre-recorded, but we haven't talked about this album yeah. yet, but at all. So I don't know what Kem's thoughts are. He doesn't know what my thoughts are, but yeah. I feel like as I
0: listen to it, I'm like, Kem's gonna agree with me on this. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Midnights by Taylor Swift will be uh, the album for next week, and then we are taking a slight break after that because uh, I do. Have and to just to worry. let
1: you know, everybody, this. Just to let you know, everybody, that this album broke the internet. Yeah. It literally broke Spotify mm-hmm. downloads. It crashed Spotify. <laughs> so just to let you know. just but how This massive is the this album. album, as you said,
0: before you leave on your grand epic trip. Yeah. All right, sweet. Um, oh, we're actually way over time. Eric, uh, do you want to do Thief, Not a Thief uh, for next time? Do you want to save it? Let's do it. No, no, let's do it right let's now. Let's do it? Okay, sweet. Yeah. Uh, all right. Our final segment, Thief or Not a Thief, <laughs> is going to be uh, Every Breath You Take by The Police versus I'll Be Missing You by, uh, I believe at the time it was Puff Daddy, but uh, uh, today known as Diddy. Uh, anyways, Every Breath You Take is a song by English rock band The Police from their album Synchronicity. It was released on May 20th, 1983, and would stay at number one on on billboard hot 100 for eight weeks it is also recognized by their record label at the time bmi as the most played song in radio history with nearly 15 million radio plays before 1999 it was the best-selling single in 1983 and the fifth best-selling single of the 80s the song ranks as number 84 on the rolling stone list of the 500 greatest songs of all time I'll Be Missing You is a song by American rapper Puff Daddy featuring Faith Evans and R&B group 112. The song is a tribute to the late Notorious B.I.G. who was murdered on March 9, 1997. Faith Evans is Biggie's ex-wife. The song was released on May 27, 1997. Uh, The song uses samples from the police's song Every Breath You Take and uses an interpolation chorus sung by Evans. The single spent 11 weeks atop the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and reached number one in 15 other countries. In the U.S. alone, the single sold 3 million copies. This makes it uh, one of the best-selling singles of all time. Uh, unfortunately, Diddy never cleared the usage of the samples, so Sting sued him and won 100% of all royalties from the song at the time of release. Uh, Sting was being paid $2,000 a day, which equates to roughly $730,000 a year. <laughs> Uh, and and I just want to add, like, because Diddy forgot to uh, get permission beforehand. Uh, if he did get permission beforehand, the royalty cutout would have been twenty five percent to Sting and seventy five percent to Diddy. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, Eric, what do you think these two songs?
1: I mean, I didn't know where diddy song came from and what it was about uh to be honest so mm. uh it makes sense because a lot of people like i i feel like the f- people who associate oh have you heard the bad police oh yeah every breath you take that's probably the first song that that jumps in their head mm-hmm. now people who are fans of the police will probably name a different song um Either Roxanne or something else. But I feel like every breath you take is definitely like a generic, like pulls in people who listen to multiple genres, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but there are similarities to this song because everybody has this misconception that this song is oh it's so beautiful, like like oh I love it so much. Like it's like, no, but it's actually about a stalker, yeah. <laughs> right? Which is terrifying if you actually think about it. So it kind of fits Diddy's Explanation of the song with you know Biggie, right? Yeah, yeah, like it's it's similar, like you know, like that darker tone, yeah, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, however, however, Kim, I I always have a problem, and this is the problem I have with the uh you know the ice ice baby song. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like uh, this is like another ice ice baby like oh, stealing from okay. david bowie and freddie mercury that's that's what this song is oh. it's another it's an it's another one of those
0: okay so you're right like am
1: i listening to under pressure no you're listening to ice ice baby which is Tabacy <laughs> of
0: under pressure. So, so just to make it clear to everyone, like this is definitely a thief of a song. Like without even Diddy uh forgetting to clear the rights for the song, it's literally Andy Summers' guitar part on Every Breath You Take. And then the chorus is literally just Every
2: Breath you take.
0: It's exactly the same. Yeah. It's just uh using different words. So like It's definitely a thief. It's just funny that he forgot to clear the usage. Like, that's an expensive mistake. That's a very expensive mistake. Very expensive.
1: (laughs) That he definitely didn't make again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, he literally could have just cleared it beforehand. Yeah. It would have been so easy, but...
1: Yeah, 100% a thief. (laughs)
0: Like um okay so thief and then i assume i know what the answer is but which who did it better the police the police hands down
1: there's a reason why it's the number one wedding song uh, in the world it's,
0: <laughs> this, it's so wrong it's so wrong as any like love related type of song it's so wrong
1: if if you actually don't believe us listen to the lyrics or just you know what print out the lyrics and just read them to yourself
0: but, but this just is the, this is the genius of Sting right like he's just mm-hmm. so good at just putting in those like dark elements in all these like songs like he's Well just even
1: so like Roxanne right? even Roxanne yeah. like it's a, it's, it's a like a song about like a prostitute but it's like a happy like love song
0: yeah right
1: with like like that is a true musician right there who can take dark elements and make them happy
0: yeah and like don't stand so close to me is about um a a, a male teacher and a female student and like falling in love like it's a weird relationship like that right like he's just so good at just like hiding meanings in his songs
1: with like major major undertones yeah like it's so it's so well done so well done
0: yeah so um for me and you brought up ice ice baby for me that it's it's not the same thing from my perspective like (laughs) for me i'll be missing you i think is a very good song we can debate diddy's rapping he's never been a good rapper in my opinion um but there's a reason why this song this single like went number one like all over the world because it was tied in with like a historical event when notorious big died so like there Mm -hmm. is a sort of a heartfelt like undertone to this song that i feel like is like super authentic and comes off in the song but at the same time you're going up against every breath you take by the police so uh, it's sort of hard to beat that at the same time so uh Kudos to Diddy for writing a, a pretty good song with heavy sampling, but uh every breath you take hmm. is still is still the better song. He tried. <laughs> <laughs> he should have just cleared the sample. He literally should have just cleared mm-hmm. it. Um
1: And then it wouldn't have been a thief at
0: all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he cleared it, we would have said, Yeah, not a thief because he got permission to do it. Yeah. Anyways. Um cool. That is our show. Uh, let's get Taylor Swift off the screen. There you go. Um, that was the Crossroads Music Podcast. We will be back uh, next, uh, next Monday for our final show of uh, what month is it? november there you go final final (laughs) podcast of november here at twitch.tv slash the crossroads music podcast uh we'll be talking about midnights by taylor swift uh and then after Mm -hmm. that we'll be i think we're doing two shows in december or something like that we'll figure it out um but join the discord schedules on there uh catch us on spotify apple music all the places where you get your podcasts uh but yeah thanks for tuning in eric last uh last words to you i
1: mean i'm growing a mustache for those of you viewers who are watching i'm sorry if i offended you because it is pretty scary uh but i mean uh you know maybe next week it will be a little bit thicker than what i hoped for it to be so uh but keep listening to music uh contact us on the discord and uh yeah rock and roll
2: Alright, we'll catch you on. Yeah.